Welcome to the Drive with Dave podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Miller at drivewithdave.com. I get to drive some of the fastest, coolest, sexiest cars on the planet. Ever since I bought my first Ferrari, I've been immersed in the global car community. Now I travel the world uncovering the hidden gems in luxury transportation and connecting with extraordinary car enthusiasts. Join me as I find the most exotic cars, meet the owners, and get the -the behind-the-scenes stories of the world's most exclusive rides. Welcome to our podcast, which is all about meeting some of the most successful car guys, racers, and collectors on the planet. A peek into their lives, what they drive, how they live, and the steps for getting to the good life. Lots of these people wouldn't be driving their cars without my guest today. He's the guy responsible for maintaining and restoring some of the most expensive cars in the world. My longtime friend, Todd Rudy, Ferrari Master Mechanic from Continental Autosports in Hinsdale, Illinois. Todd, welcome to the show. Hello, Dave. Thank you for having me on. We're sitting here in the studio in downtown Beverly Hills, um, where lots and lots of people have recorded. So don't get nervous. Well, no, I'm not. Just sitting here in a car, in the showroom. <laughs> what do you sit... What are you sitting in? Sitting in a brand new California tea. Oh, nice car. Nice car. Good color. So at least I've got something in California in common with you in California out there. (laughs) You do. It's uh, it's beautiful. It's the the classic Rosso Barchetta color, which is the deep maroon red with the the natural uh, uh, tan leather in the black dash and uh, red stitching. Do you remember my 355 coupe? It was exactly that car. Yes. It's a really pretty color on on Ferraris. Yeah. Hey, listen, Todd, that Ferrari master mechanic, Ferrari certified master mechanic, master technician thing that you've got on your resume, I I would imagine there are thousands and thousands of of people that hold that title in the world. Am I right on that? No, no, not exactly. Um, That actually came about about uh, six or seven years ago. Ferrari in Italy, and we normally call it Ferrari SPA, and Ferrari North America, which we normally call FNA, uh, decided that uh, they want to start uh, categorizing technicians in different levels. Mm-hmm. And a lot of technicians that come in for a few years, they would call them uh, a registered technician. And then uh, after that, a few more years, you'd become a uh, a full-time technician, and then you'd, you'd reach after about five years in classes, but I think you think it's more, more like 10 years in classes that you have to take, uh, you can become a certified Ferrari master technician. And then there's one other technician out there that Ferrari has. It's called an HVT tech, high-voltage technician. And that's, that, that's a qualification that you can have to get to work on the LaFerrari, the hybrid car. So, Todd, like I said, there's there's got to be thousands and thousands of people. How many how many of you are there in the United States? Uh, I'm not so sure. You know, there's approximately about 35 dealers in North America, and each dealer has about three to four Ferrari technicians at different levels. Each dealership typically needs to have and should have a Ferrari Master Tech as well as a HVT Tech. So I would say at least in the United States, there's probably 40 or 50 of us at the most. So your certification is rare air, if I'm hearing you. Uh, yeah, in a way. Um, we've got two other Ferrari Master Technicians here. One went through the Apprentice Program ship, which doesn't exist anymore for the USA guys. And he is a Master Tech. And we also have another Master Tech here. But both of them have a minimum of 10 years with the Ferrari dealer or the Ferrari dealer network. 
All right, all right, all right. So I think what I'm hearing is I can trust you. Just about anybody can trust you to know what you're doing under the hood of a Ferrari. Todd, I've, I've got to ask you from the start, what, what are your earliest memories of cars you or your family had? What were you exposed to early on? Uh, you know, um, cars and racing, uh, always uh, something that you're always interested in when you're a child, a boy, most boys. Uh, and uh, so I just... Uh, you know, kept uh, kept an eye on that, and uh, then uh, you know we got we were fortunate that we had a great uh, car dealership in the area, which I work for now, Continental Autosports. Uh, they were Continental Classic years ago, and in the '70s, when I was growing up in high school, their uh, dealership, which had a multitude of cars of uh, deal- different lines, uh, very rare at the time. Uh, was right at two towns over from where I grew up. Mm. And uh, so I, would, I was able to go over there to look at the cars through the fence in the back, see them being driven, things like that. So uh, that was kind of nice, that uh, proximity-wise, that that was there. I, I've always wondered if Continental Autosports wasn't there with all these cars, I wonder if I would have maybe moved to a different location for them or whatever, but maybe not be as influenced. I was really fortunate that they were, were close by. Now, Todd, you and I go back even before the years you worked at Continental. I remember meeting you in Chicago when you used to work for Joe Marchetti, who was Ferrari before there was uh, a Ferrari club in Chicago. What was that like to work for Joe? Well, uh, <laughs> Joe, was, Joe was great. Joe uh, has quite the character, very charismatic person um kept busy all the time you know his primary goal was the uh, the como win the the the, the well-known uh, uh, uh italian restaurant that no longer exists and uh so that was his priority to run that and then from there he would also sell cars do events at their farm out in lamont and then of course he started the uh, chicago historic races up at elkhart lake that um, in 1981, late 1980, that turned into the Brian Redmond International, the Kohler International, and I think now the WeatherTech uh, vintage race. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, Joe always was busy, uh, went to Italy all the time, came back. He was a hands-on guy, but uh, he also let people do their job. So he just managed the team, and um, I think kind of like Enzo Ferrari, and he hired good people, and he had good people around him to keep his dreams and passions going. You you were working on some pretty interesting cars under Marchetti back in these old days. Todd, what'd you see? There wasn't a lot of guys bringing a lot of vintage cars back in the very early 80s. Joe was definitely one of them, and primarily just Ferraris. Not just Ferrari street cars or production cars. He would bring in Ferrari race cars, um, more like cars from the 60s and 70s. And uh, so because we would take them with Joe, we'd travel with him. There was only a couple other vintage race events out there. And that was, of course, out Laguna Seca and uh, Monterey Historic Races and down at uh, in Atlanta for the Midi. And then there, there was one in Sebring that they have the Sebring Historics, which were part of the Sebring 12-hour race. And I think that's another real big reason why Joe thought, hey, there should be something up in the Midwest here and Road America would be perfect for it. But um, – the the cars so Joe was instrumental in bringing not only the the cars in but of course uh, the atmosphere and a place to take these cars the cars that he would sell and try to get his customers involved with to drive them that was the other thing about Joe he 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 did 
he did say collect uh, advocate to collect cars, but he really wanted people to drive them to experience them and have a lot of fun with them and bring them out to shows to show people. Cars that he had there that I can remember were anything from uh, a 166 Barcata, really, all the way up to um, any of the 250 cars, all the great 250s, uh, 206 SPs, 250 Le Mans. 365 Daytona competition cars, 512 Berlin out of boxer cars, just uh, uh, you name it, he he had it. And it was really a great time to be with him down in the early 80s down in Chicago with Joe Marchetti. So that's how you began developing your skills in Ferrari tuning and maintenance. Yeah, I started in, in, in high school as a bicycle mechanic and uh, all throughout high school and raced bicycles. And the top, the trick stuff back then, uh, it kind of still is, is the Italian frames and uh, the Italian components. And so from there, it led to motorcycles. And uh, But I never could really find a really cool motorcycle shop to, to kind of work at. And then I, I again, being that, that Continental Motors was here uh, in the two towns over, I thought, well, maybe I should uh, think about being an auto mechanic. Because also in high school, in the 70s, in the late 70s, they stressed two things. They stressed in the future, it's going to be the service industry, and that you should specialize. Well, that's exactly what I did. Went into specializing on servicing for arts. And uh and then um, Joe Marchetti, back, uh, I, I, I found him. You'd, you'd find places that worked on, on some Ferraris in, in newspaper listings, like the Chicago, Chicago Tribune. And I went down there one day, and I was really intrigued by this building, and uh, pretty nondescript building and uh, pretty neat. But once the garage doors were open up, and when you looked inside and see what he had, it was like, wow, this is the place to be. I remember. Um, John Continental Motors was at that time also and has been a Ferrari dealer since 1975. But John, uh, the Continental Motors basically would bring through what the dealers needed to sell. They weren't bringing through as many of the exotic Ferraris or the race Ferraris or the vintage Ferraris that uh, that Joe was doing. Uh, Continental had to concentrate on their other lines too as well. They had Fiat, they had uh, all the British Leyland products. Uh, they had Maserati. So they were thinking about, of course, just you know, moving the product that they need to move for the franchise. Joe didn't have to worry about that. So that was really nice to be down with Joe, which we would get all the contemporary cars as well as all the vintage cars. So, Todd, you know, I've, I've had three Ferraris bought and sold everyone through Continental Autosports. Um, I've always thought you were sort of like a doctor. And frankly, I don't want to see my doctor. I want to see him as little as possible. Are there any tips you would are there any tips you'd give to an exotic car owner to keep me from having to go see Dr. Todd? What's going to keep me out of the repair shop that I can do on my own? Okay. Yeah, you could look at it that way. But there's another way. Um the cars were built with they need a lot of attention. They they really do. So you could say maybe I'm a doctor, maybe I'm the, your trainer. Maybe I'm your chiropractor. Maybe I'm your masseuse. <laughs> the, you, you need attention. And, and not only when something's wrong, as maybe going to a doctor, you need to keep the car up in top shape like you do for yourself. You need to exercise the car. You need to bring it in for routine lookovers and checkouts and things like that. And they weren't built like a a Maytag dishwasher. They will have problems. They 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 
things do happen. You do need to get a good rapport with a service center, with a doctor, with a, a technician. That that really helps. But um, I know you don't don't always look at it like you might, you know, it's going to be a burden to to have your car serviced or looked after. It's actually a very good thing for for your investment. I love the analogy of the, so Todd Rudy, personal trainer, uh, we'll have to stencil (laughs) that on the back of your your work shirt somewhere. (laughs) It's what we do with the cars. That's exactly right. Because a lot of cars that come in, they're not broken. They just, they need their routine services. They need their maintenance and uh, they need to keep up on the high standards. And, And the worst thing actually for any Ferrari, pretty much most cars, is to let them sit for periods of time like years or whatever without being started or driven. We always uh, ask people to do that. Just take your cars out, exercise them, uh, put some, put a few miles on them each year. You just don't have to park them away. After all these years, and I'm embarrassed to say it's been a couple of years for you, uh, you seem still fascinated about the cars you work on. Uh, what what holds your interest? The, the Ferrari is, is a luxury item. It's um, not exactly a necessity, and it's part of a, a lifestyle, and I enjoy the lifestyle uh, that the clients have with their cars, what we do with the cars. You know, there's basically three, I think, three major categories of the Ferrari, the production street cars, the racetrack cars, and the show and concourse cars. With all of that, there's, a, there's always a lot of activities, social activities involved with that. You can uh, take the cars out and, uh, with the customers. Uh, you can go to track events, which we go to quite often. We can go to show events, not only here in Illinois. Of course, the Ferrari is national and international, and we travel quite a bit. And that is always exciting. We just got back from Florida for the big Cavallino event, and now we're going back down to Florida for the Ferrari Club National Meet. And just over the weekend, we just had the Central States Ferrari Literature Meet here, which was the 39th annual event. And so it, it, it keeps with the whole atmosphere of owning the car. And actually, at one point, Joe Marchetti had a phrase that Ferraris are fun. And that's what it is. It's part of a lifestyle. It's a part of having a good time and, uh, and, and, and skill. You know, your driving skills, uh, your enjoyment of your car. And um, that, that, that keeps me real interested. Mm. I do work on the new cars. I, I do still go to class. But the younger guys are more trained in that, and that's what they should be doing, and that's what they're doing. I also am kind of getting a little interested in, we've been getting quite a few little hybrid Ferraris. For instance, the Michelotto cars. Michelotto was a tuner, you could say, for Ferrari. They build a lot of the professional-level race cars. They don't build the challenge cars that Ferrari builds, but they do build the Le Mans type, the IMSA car for Ferrari uh, series. And um, they built some great cars from Ferraris in the past. So I've been getting involved quite heavily with a lot of the Michelotto cars. And that's been really interesting. So that's a little bit different of something to do. And that, that, that those little niche things kind of keep me uh, keep me interested, too. Hey, you know what, Todd? I, every now and then I'm sitting in a, a, a bar or uh, somewhere, <laughs> and somebody, somebody brings up Classy K certification. You and I talked about this last month. It's been around for a while. I think there's still a lot of confusion as to what it is. Walk me through it. Well, Classy K started about eight years ago, and it was a way of Ferrari finally answering officially to people about their car, uh, what details 
of it. They, they used to, years and years ago, you'd be able to write the Ferrari and they would be able to send you a build sheet or you could go visit the factory and make a copy of the build sheet and everything would be basically free. And then uh, it got to be about to the point that too many people wanted that information. And also there's a lot of legalities and liabilities on giving out information, especially if it, if it happens to be debatable or incorrect. The cars got have become very, very expensive. You know, some Ferraris are 10, 20, 30 million dollar cars. So the accuracy of what exactly it is and do serial numbers match? Do stampings, are they correct? Are components correct? Ferrari finally decided to make a department over at the factory in Marinello to do two things, to certify the cars as well as actual workshop to do workshop on those older cars. What we are here at Continental Autosports is a Classic A certification center, and we can certify the majority of Ferraris right here. They don't have to be sent back to Italy. Um, they, uh, some of them do. The very, very expensive ones, the very, very detailed ones, the ones that they made only three, four, five of, they need to go back to the factory. And that's a good thing, too, because the, the true, real knowledgeable experts are over there for those particular cars. But we could do about 80% of all the other Ferraris right here in, in our location. And there's about 10 certification centers in the United States, and we're the only one in the Midwest. And um, is it a difficult process? Uh, no, it's, it can be a timely process. Be, be, from the very beginning, we get your car into the shop. We take um, to the end, you finally get your, your book, your certification book. It's a, it's a four ring binder book, about uh, eight inches by 12 inches, about two inches thick. Uh, very nice book. Um, it takes probably four to six months. But the process of putting the application together here in the shop takes about a day and a half. Some cars take a little bit longer. Some of the older cars, I have to do a metallurgical frame testing. I have to do chassis measurements. But most of it, most cars, I just have to photograph the outside of it. I have to take wheels off, take uh, flat bottoms off, and I have to shoot the underside of the car, the interior, the exterior, about 40 different Photographs have to be put into the application along with details on each of those photographs and the detail information that they, they hold. And um, then it gets sent to Ferrari and they review it. If they, if they like it, they continue on with the process of getting it certified. If they don't, they will send it back to us and ask us to reshoot photographs or ask us to change something because that wasn't correct on the car. That has happened sometimes, so it can be a little lengthy process to begin with, if uh, especially if your car is kind of questionable. Um, but in the meantime, it, it, it usually takes about 12 hours total here in the shop, but we like to keep the car in the shop for a couple more weeks just in case Ferrari gets back to us and says, hey, we need a different picture of this. We need you to check on this. Because if we give the car back to the customer immediately, then, of course, it's at their house, which could be very far from the dealership. So we do like to keep the car for the initial period of about two to three weeks. But it does take about uh, four to six months to finally get the book from Ferrari to back to the customer. So if I'm hearing you right, too, this sounds like something you want to schedule for the winter months in Chicago, not in the summer months yeah. when you want to drive your car. 
Most definitely. Todd, I, I truly think you have one of the most interesting jobs in the world. I remember coming into the shop um, not too long ago, and I was driving that Lancia Stratostradale. You see, you see all these incredible cars. For, for the guy or gal out there that might say, boy, I want to have that job. I'm a wrench. I love cars. What, what would you say to people that say, hey, Todd, I really want to become you? What, what steps would you advise them to take? Uh you know, usually that starts out again when you're pretty young and um, both boys and girls and about mechanics and stuff. Years ago, the uh, the phrase barrier to entry, entry barrier to get into things was actually kind of easy. Uh, nowadays, it's a little more difficult, almost on every job. You need to have quite a bit of education. You need to be a little bit... Uh, uh, more qualified before you take the job. I would suggest if you're in high school, take take school classes. If you if they have a vocational class for auto mechanics or or mechanics, um, truck diesel, whatever. Um, but to, to get into this higher end, I would say that. But then you can move on to a trade school, and uh, there's quite a few of them: Lincoln Tech, Wild Tech, um, a couple of others. There's actually some. There's a college or two in the United States. I don't know the names off. Can't remember the names offhand. That actually specialize in automotive restoration, and I think one of them is in Kansas, or, or I think it might be in Kansas. But anyways, uh, so that's kind of a big start. It's 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 hard, like I did years now, which I did years ago, kind of be a walk on, walk in, and uh, kind of prove yourself. Now you need to come up with a little bit more sub- substance before you enter in. On, um, into this particular field. You also want to, to get here. You can't just send a resume. You can't just send letters or phone calls. You should make visits in person. You should start being part of it. Go to, go to events. Uh, get to see what it's like. Um, so if you're young, 18, 19, 20-year-old, and interested in this, go to Ferrari events. Go to Ferrari track events. They're all listed on the websites and of events. And get it, submerge yourself. Get involved. Just to see if you like. And then people can get to know you and things like that. And then, you know, reapproach a dealer or an independent on trying to work there. But remember, these things can also take time for openings to open up. Uh, uh, you know, we've... Uh, we haven't had a lot of turnover at our, dealer, at, at our dealership, and we only we're up to since we since Continental's been a dealer since 1975. We're up to now four Ferrari mechanics after all those years. We, maybe we haven't expanded as much as other people, but we might be a little conservative. But again, it, it takes time. It takes patience. Don't just think by you graduated uh, with uh, a school diploma or a school certification that you can come right in and uh, start work. There's also ASE, Automotive Service Excellence. You can take those courses if you have not, or take take those exams. If you did not um, uh, go to a vocational school class, you could take those, and if you pass those, that is outstanding certificates to bring to a dealer or a company uh, if you want to work as a mechanic or a technician. Very interesting, Todd. You know, Dave, there's other things, too. A lot of people, to be involved with these Ferraris, you don't have to be a technician. You can also be service provider, management, detail. I mean, uh, there's there's quite a few other jobs uh, in, into sales than uh, just uh, being a mechanic. So there's other there's other things involved with uh, Ferraris than just uh, service and, and maintenance. 
You know, Todd, as a as a past Ferrari owner and certainly an exotic sports car owner now, one of the things I love love about Continental Autosports is I can walk in the back door or sneak in, whatever, and I can stand around and shoot the breeze with you and you'll say, no, Dave, the motor's over here, or no, this is the way that Ferrari designed it, this is how you should do X. How do you feel about talking with the clients uh, and customers about their cars? I think it's outstanding. I think it's really needed. I, I, I grew up uh, servicing cars, servicing Ferraris that way from the time we were with uh, Joe Marchetti till now. And we've been able to keep that way here at the dealership. The owner, John Weinberger, is like that. He'll come back in the shop. We, we talk about the cars. You have a genuine interest. I think it's important that the owners know who exactly is working on their car and they get to know who the technicians are so they can feel more comfortable. And, uh, and it's part of I think, of the lifestyle of the service of the car. I don't think that you should be kept in a room um, be between glass, between the shop, and not talk to the technician, not talk to that person. I don't think that's really the the, the, the way of ownership should be with, with Ferraris and where the service should be with Ferraris. And, you know, we get, you know, we don't really see a lot of people. You know, it's not a big public-type job where people come in and on off the street in, in your business. So we do really enjoy meeting people. I, mean, I do, and me, and enjoy meeting the owners. The owners are are any type of owner has a Ferrari. I mean, a guy that uh, has any types of businesses they could they could. I've had them where they've owned a uh, a landscape business to neurosurgeon to to writers to sports figures. Uh, you know, they're all facets of, of the community owns uh, a Ferrari. So it's all uh, really interesting uh, to talk and uh, even uh, meet the owners. Todd, one last question for you. And I know for me personally, I've always loved uh, Bugattis, the older, the vintage stuff. And if I could have a Type 35 Bugatti, I think I would not want for anything else in the world. You see stuff all the time. Money's no object. Todd wins Powerball. What would you buy? <laughs> Uh, you know what, as a, as a car, um, I mean, there's a lot of things to buy. Maybe there, maybe I would, I wouldn't get a car cause I've been around in my whole life. I'd get something else, maybe like a boat <laughs> or, or a place on the ocean. That would be kind of nice where I don't have to work on cars. No. Um, you know what? I'll tell you something though. I, it, it, when people do ask me about my favorite Ferrari and there, there's just a ton of them. And like Enzo has said, it's always the next one, the next one they're going to build. Because they do. They, they, each one that they, they make is, is somehow better than, than the last. But I'll tell you some car that I, a Ferrari that's always had, I, I really, I really liked and thought it had a lot of good features, good representation. And that would be the 1964 250 LM. Mm. I think that that car is just. Uh, rear engine, disc brakes, or I should say mid-engine, disc brakes, a beautiful flowing body, um, just a great, to me, just an epitome of a Ferrari, uh, and uh, a great representation of it. So I would think if I had um, won the Powerball, that could be in my garage. And that's funny, Todd, because you just hit, I would say, the 250LM, 250TDF, 250 SWB, but certainly the LM, that's probably the high watermark for me as well. Um, I want to say to everybody out there listening to Todd Rudy, you have uh, spent a little bit of time here with one of the very, very few Ferrari master mechanics 
uh, in the United States for our certified HVT master tech. And the thing that I love about Todd is you can stop him anytime uh, and say, Todd, tell me a little bit about my car. Tell me a little bit what, what I should do. Give me a little bit of history. He's more than happy to verbally kick tires with you. And that's a wonderful thing, not only about you, but about your shop, Todd. I want to thank you so much for taking your, your time to spend some time here today. And for a wrap up, the people that want to be a mechanic, listen in here how you can become an exotic car mechanic. The people that just want to uh, get a hold of Todd, Todd, probably your email's the best. And what, what's the best email for you, Todd? You could use my work email, which is just my initials, which are TR at Continental Auto Sports, all one word with an S at the end, dot com. Again, I want to thank Continental Autosports in Hinsdale, Illinois, the second oldest Ferrari dealership in the United States, for giving me the opportunity to spend time today with Todd Rudy, Certified Master Mechanic. I can't thank you enough for your valuable insight. Todd Rudy, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for joining us on the Drive with Dave podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you'd like to hear and see more about exotic sports cars, you can connect with us at drivewithdave.com, where you can also sign up for our newsletter. Also, catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again.